And here we are again, part two. Part two, baby. Summer, Summer special coming to you live. Um, Not really live. Well, as this live is, as it can be. This is pre-recorded for this everyone. This is for sure pre-recorded, but <laughs> we're considering it live. Um, I mean, got, we're living in the moment. Yeah, we've got the most up-to-date recruiting rankings. Um, they've been fighting Owen all week Gosh. as he's been trying to maintain the most up-to-date ones. We've got information about the transfer portal coming on. Um, we're going to cover in part two um, all of the recruits for the top 25 teams. We're also going to cover uh, some shenanigans that happen on the transfer portal. So with that. Um, yeah, I'm Owen Sponick. My name's Cole Connor, And welcome to the part two of the summer special edition of the Panther Pod. So, like Cole said, we're going to jump right into recruiting here. Um, Cole, hit us off with the top with the top five recruiting class right now. The rankings. Do you want me to give star rankings as well? Yeah, or? go ahead and okay. give star rankings as well. Number one, Ohio State with nineteen commits, uh, and we're going off of twenty four sevens twenty twenty three recruit football team ranking. Um, if you want, I will drop the link uh, on our page on Facebook and Instagram. Yep. Uh, number one, Ohio State with 19 commits, two five-stars, 15 four-stars, and two three-stars. Number two, Notre Dame, 20 commits, one five-star, 17 four-stars, and two three-stars. Uh, number three, Penn State, 19 commits, one five-star, 13 four-stars, and five three-stars. Number four, Clemson, 17 total, two fives, 14 fours, one three. Uh, number Five, <laughs> Texas, with 18 commits, three five-stars, four nine-stars, and six three-stars. Owen, horns down. Horns down. Um, but for Texas, uh, and with this recruiting rankings, you're going to kind of already see, we're not going to really focus on any of the um, – Sorry about that, Cole. Um, we're not going <laughs> to we're not going to focus on some of the major top programs. Now you're going to look at this in Texas, and you're going to be like, "Well, Texas is a major top program," and you're correct. But Texas was able to secure the number one overall recruit in the 2023 recruiting class, and that is Arch Manning. I hate that he went to Texas and not to LSU. Yes, because Arch Manning is a quarterback out of Is uh, Isdor Newman. High school out of New Orleans, Louisiana. How does that should have came to LSU? And I guarantee you, part of that does have to deal with the new Brian Kelly dynamic. Maybe. Um, I'm not saying that if O was still there, we would have him. But I'm saying that Brian Kelly being there definitely hurt our chances because we were in the running to get Arch. Um, obviously, for those of you who aren't familiar with football, the Manning family. I mean. If you're, if you're not them, familiar with football, I don't know why you're listening to this podcast yeah. right now. But the Manning family is, I mean, you've got Peyton Manning out of Tennessee, uh, led the Colts to a Super Bowl, led the Broncos to a Super Bowl, is for sure a Hall of Famer. Um, you've got his younger brother, Eli. Um, led the Giants to a Super Miss, Bowl. Led the Giants to the Super Bowl. Um, Art, or Archie Manning, mm-hmm. quarterback for the Saints for a long time, uh, Hall of Famer. 
Um, the Manning family is royalty, and we don't know when the next Manning is coming. I, I will say this, though, and here's some of the stats for um, Arch. His passing for his... Uh, most of these are uh, most of these stats that I gathered were for their, their junior year that they'd recently had. 115 for 186. That's a 62% completion Jesus. rating. Um, That's insane. He had a little over 1,300 yards, uh, 1,371 yards. Um, he averaged 196 yards a game with a 17 to 14 touchdown interception ratio. That's Se- 17 um, to four. 17 to four, not 17 to 14. That's amazing. That's all you want in a quarterback. Um, quarterback, not corner. Excuse <laughs> me. Uh, rushing, he had 33 carries for 310 yards. He averaged about 9.4 yards per carry, um, which averaged out to about 44 yards a game. A little faster than Peyton. A little, little faster than Peyton, but you know what's but you know what's really funny is like Archie Manning, you know his grand oh, yeah. his grandfather. Oh no, I know. Oh yeah, super Played mobile for the Saints, incredibly mobile. Yep. Uh, Cooper Manning was also very athletic until he got Before hurt. He had his injury exactly, yep. and he was going to play wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Now, some people have have stated with Arch, if his last name was Smith, if his name was Arch Smith, he would be a high three star. Because he did have that really bad playoff game. No, this past- and I, I agree with you there. I mean, definitely his pedigree, and we're seeing it more and more now. Brand name means everything, and yeah. the Manning name is basically a brand name for decent quarterbacks mm-hmm. who can take you to the next level if you need. We're gonna we're gonna see how he goes, uh, how he does at Texas. It's gonna be interesting with Quinn Ewers, who just transferred over there, and Quinn yeah. Ewers has still got a lot of eligibility left. We'll definitely see how Arch is going to play into Steve Sarkeesian's new look offense because he said he was gonna have to revamp the playbook around Manning. Exactly. Um, but will this start to become the rise of Texas again? Because Every Quinn, year is the rise of Texas. Well, Come but, on. Uh, no, not every, yeah, no, every, every year. Media. Let me let me say, every year, Texas fans say it's the rise of well, Texas. Well, it's not just Texas fans. It's also AP voters. It's also yeah, the media. It's everyone. it's everyone. Like, Texas was voted was voted second, was the second favorite to win the Big 12 this year. I don't know if they win the Big 12. Now, they got a lot of talent coming in. Yeah. They had a lot of talent transferred in. But that O-line is going to need some work. For Texas, the O line and their secondary. Exactly, I remember um, against I think y'all or uh, Oklahoma or Oklahoma. There was like four or five plays that the wide receiver just burned them. Yeah, so there's it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting time for Texas. But does this begin the rise of Texas where they begin to stack talent like Alabama does? Yeah, where they're so loaded that you have four and five stars transferring because they're so again so loaded on the yeah. roster that they're not gonna get playing time that they deserve. Yeah. So well, and we'll we'll also mm-hmm. keep an eye on Texas, especially with them joining the SEC. That's mm-hmm. that's going to be interesting to see how that impacts their recruiting, and obviously, that's also impacting it because they're the new kids on the block. So, we'll see. Exactly. Um, so continuing down at number six, Georgia gets Ooh. fourteen commits with one five star, ten four stars, and three three stars. Uh, number seven, Tennessee, eighteen commits, two five stars, six four stars, and ten three stars. Uh, one recruit I want to talk about for Tennessee is uh, Nico Imal Imalaviv. Oh, uh, quarterback. Yeah, Imalav. Emma Lavea. Okay, Nico Emma Lavea. He's a quarterback out of Long Beach Poly High, uh, out of Long Beach, California. 
um, some stats for him. He is the five star, the big five star who earned like eight million dollars in NIL out there in Tennessee. Um, He's th- a big guy. Yeah, he is. 6'5", 195. He is a big man. Big man. Um, Long Beach Poly, too. Yeah. Uh, Pat, he's got his passing stats for his junior year was 162 for 272. It's about 60%. Um, he had over 2,200 yards passing, 2,244 yards exactly. Um, that averaged out to about 249 yards a game. His touchdown-to-interception ratio, 33-1. and one. Jeez. Uh, rushing, he had 32 carries, 158 yards, five, average five yards a carry, which turned out to be about 17.6 yards per game. He did have a rough Nashville Elite 11 um, on his regional. He still made the team, and I think he's – yeah, he's in the Polynesian Bowl. So we'll see how he's how he's going to do in the Polynesian Bowl. That's a little bit uh, – I think that's a couple weeks away. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I could see him uh, for sure making an impact at the next level. I mean, he's got basically a Marcus Mariota frame. Um, honestly, his arm looks good. He's definitely connecting on some very nice-looking medium passes, but questioning the deep ball, and we'll see how his accuracy and if his frame can hold up being that big uh, at the next level. So we'll see. Okay, um, and then next, Cole. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> oh, if you could also explain to is for people who don't know what is the Polynesian Bowl. So Polynesian Bowl is essentially an all-star game. Um, high school football puts on a few of like basically showcases for recruiting classes. Um, several high prospects are in here. Um, I think Arch turned down his invitation. Um, but, like, you've got the Polynesian Bowl. You've got uh, the Belk Bowl in Charlotte. They have a recruiting special that they do. Um, but it's essentially a chance for these young men to go to these bowl games and play 7-on-7, seven seven, play full 11-on-11, 11 11, and kind of show out and against, get you uh, get you an idea of what they're going to do. Gotcha. Because it'll be against other also very highly. Exactly. Gotcha. Um, and then so Tennessee, number seven again. Uh, number eight, is my man <coughs> <out> here, <coughs> LSU. LSU gets 16 commits. We were not number eight yesterday. No. <laughs> um, you probably weren't number eight just a few minutes ago after the recruit. If you heard, listened to our realignment um, part one uh, episode, you heard Cole got very excited for the <laughs> Jalen Brown out of Gulliver Prep. Mm-hmm. Uh, 6'1", 170. Posted a 1,500-yard receiving season. Um, doesn't sound a whole a whole lot crazy, but again, he's 6'1", 170, blistering speed, for sure a five-star recruit. I'm super excited to see how he's going to fit into our new-look offense under Brian Kelly because I think that gives us uh, killer speed on the edge. It'll be, yes. Um, big year for Brian Kelly. Picking up a five-star yeah. that's huge. Um, was also very active in the transfer portal as well. So that was uh, really nice. Like kind I said. Running through our uh, my favorite three pickups that we had, uh, Jackson Howard, Edge out of Minneapolis, Minnesota, uh, four-star, 6'4", 245, big body. Uh, tied in Mac Markway. Uh, he's not projected to do a whole lot, but he is a four-star prospect, 6'4", 250. Give us some good uh, run options out of the um, wing that Kelly wants to implement. 
and then Trey Holly running back, uh, five eight one eighty out of Farmerville, uh, Louisiana. Um, again, four star, five eight one eighty. Hopefully, get some weight on him. But hopefully, I, to me, it looks like we're going faster instead of going massive. So, I'm I'm excited about it. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. Um, so, like I said, one five star. That is. Um, the recruit you just talked about, ten <laughs> uh, four stars and three and uh, five three stars. Save us, Jalen Brown. <laughs> there you go. Um, no, coming in at number nine for recruiting is Miami with fourteen commits. Remember they got Mario Cristobal down there. Mm-hmm. Miami is currently the highest rated Florida team in recruiting right now. That's surprising. Uh, fourteen commits, maybe the return of the U. Who knows? Fourteen commits, one five star, seven four stars, six three stars. Um, and then rounding out the top ten is Oklahoma with 16 commits, one five-star, seven four-stars, and three eight, or eight three-stars. Notable exceptions from the top ten, uh, number 11, Alabama. Boo. <laughs> um, hate to see it for you. Not really. <laughs> uh, two five-star recruits, eight four-stars, and two three-stars. Um, with 12 commits, they shouldn't be in the top ten, but nah. well, No, they're in 11th. Oh, no, yeah, exactly. They uh, shouldn't be in the Oh, uh, okay. I see what you mean. Um, Baylor, 22 commits. No five stars, but 18 three stars mm-hmm. and three fours. Uh, Cincinnati, after their playoff win, sits at 14th. Um, Arkansas is 12th as well. Arkansas is 12th, yeah. With 23 commits, zero five stars, seven four stars, and 15 three stars. Jeez. Uh, other notable... West Virginia falls all the way down to 23rd. That's okay. Um, Louisville, it, we'll get to West Virginia here in a minute. Oh, sorry. I thought we were wrapping up the top 10. Oh, no, you're fine. You're fine. Uh, <clears throat> I'll, 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 go, go. I'll go straight through it. Okay. Well, um, I got Louisville's got a nice five star they picked up. Uh, Ruben Owens is a running back out of El, Comp- uh, El Campo High and out of El Campo, uh, Texas. His rushing 248 carries for his junior year, um, 2,989 yards. Uh, that's 12 yards. He's averaging about 12 yards uh, per carry, and then 230 yards per game. Uh, and then receiving, he's got 15 receptions for 252 yards. He's averaging about 17 yards uh, every time he touched the ball when he received. Man. Um, had, he also averaged 19.4 yards a game. Mm, racking up that yak. Yeah. So Louisville's getting quite the stud in a uh, running back. Very versatile running yes. back. Um, so number 15 is Louisville with 12 commits, one five-star, five four-stars, and six three-stars. Um, um, go ahead. Texas Tech comes in at 16, 23 commits, um, 19 three-stars, two fours, no fives. USC, mm-hmm. a little surprising. Well, Lincoln Riley could always recruit. I felt he could always recruit at Oklahoma. Yeah, but th- he's only got 11 commits so far. And, I mean, he's working his magic on the transfer portal. Well, it also helps that he's out in L.A., too. Yeah. Um, USC, 11 commits, two fives, uh, four fours, and three fives. Mm-hmm. One of those fives. Are five threes. Five three. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's getting crazy with all the numbers here. Yeah. Um, but with those 11 commits, one guy I, want, I do want to look out, you know, they just got Caleb – Caleb Williams yep. out of the transfer portal yep. that came with Lincoln Riley. Okay, Malachi Nelson. That's going to be an interesting dynamic. Yes, out of Los Alamos um, High School, out of Los Alamos, California. Mm-hmm. Uh, quarterback battle. His passing for this past year was 170 for 275. He had 2,690 yards passing. 
Uh, that's a 62% complete, uh, mm. 62% completion rating. Um, he was averaging about 16 yards a throw, mm. uh, 244 yards a game, and his touchdown-interception ratio was 39 to 8. That's insane. Uh, rushing, 34 carries, 192 yards, 5.6 yards a carry, uh, and had about 17 and a half yards per game and rushing there, the ball. Correct me if I'm wrong. Have you seen footage on him? Uh, not much. So any time that I've looked at footage for him, his system was very much so um, run dependent. Like most of the time I'm seeing him hand off and then just throwing bombs down the field. Well, and that could be a you know, that's yeah, gonna be interesting. That could be telling. Well that's West Coast football for you, yeah. you know, throwing bombs down the field. So I think that'll be um, I think that'll be good for uh, Caleb or no, I'm sorry, not Caleb Williams. It'll be good for USC. So <clears throat> All right, Keith, uh, we're going to keep going down the list here. Uh, number 18, Northwestern, 18 three-stars and two four-stars. Oh, okay, uh, I thought you were going to say eight. I thought you said 18 five-stars. Yeah. Jesus. That's 20 commits out of 20, yeah. 20 of those commits. Um, Iowa comes in at 19 with 17 commits, one five, uh, two fours, and 14 three-stars. Jeez. Wow. And then rounding out the top 20, Oregon with 11 commits, one five-star, um, seven fours, and five th- – or uh, three – Five th- – uh, three, three three-stars. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> I need to get my glasses on for this. Uh, coming in at 21st is Washington with 18 commits, zero five-stars, four four-stars, and 14 three-stars. Florida is the next – a uh, highly ranked recruit, uh, next highly ranked in recruiting out of, out of the Florida schools. Um, they have 12 commits, zero five stars, nine four stars, and three three stars. Then we get to West Virginia, number 23, 18 commits, zero five stars, one four star, and 17 threes. Yeah, but that's that's fairly typical as far as Neil Brown's. He doesn't really go for the flashy players. He normally goes for the good, mm-hmm. hardworking team players. Well, and I will say too, this is the best West under Neil Brown. This is the best recruiting that we've seen yeah. since the Rich Rod and Bill Stewart days. Um, one guy I really want to focus on. He was a top. He was a uh, top 100 player. Rodney Gallagher. He's a wide receiver out of Laurel, Laurel Highlands High School in Uniontown, Pennsylvania. Um, some of his stats as well. Receiving, he had 17 catches. For 300 yards, uh, he averaged about 17.6 yards a catch, uh, and then averaged 43 yards per game. Uh, rushing, he had 11. He had uh, 1,130 yards, averaged about 6.7 yards a carry, 94 yards a game. Dang. Yeah. So he very versatile in the fact that he can. He's a mm-hmm. uh, reliable receiver, but also a rusher too. So if yeah. you ever need to do. Um, Wildcat, Wildcat, you could do, uh, uh, gun jet, option, jet, jet sweeps, jet sweep, anything like that. Uh, very reliable. Super excited about this player. Um, I think having Nico Markiel in the backfield there, mm-hmm. and also having JT Daniels. He's yep. got two years of eligibility. Now, will he go to the NFL after this? I don't know, but it'll be something to watch out for. Rodney Gallagher, big time commit. Um, there's a lot of three stars that we're really getting. A lot of legacy commits for West Virginia, which is super super nice. Um, 24th is UNC with 14 commits, zero five stars, five four stars, and nine three stars. And then rounding out the top 25, Michigan State comes in with 12 commits, zero five stars, eight four stars, and four three stars. Um, surprises on the rest of the list. Uh, Michigan at 36, 
that's very surprising. Harbaugh normally does a very good job of recruiting. This is probably one of the lower years that I've seen. Um, Boston College all the way up to 37. That's a little surprising as mm-hmm. well. And then uh, Virginia Tech at 38. Yep. Uh, 15 commits, all three stars. Um, here's something. Vanderbilt made the top 50 in recruiting with 11 commits, one four-star, and 10 three-stars. It made the top 50 as they are number 50. <laughs> hey, I will say in the 2022 recruiting class, Vanderbilt clocked in at 32nd in the country. SMU's all the way up to 45. That's going to be interesting mm-hmm. next year. With 15 commits and 14 three-stars. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting how some of these, you know, this will fluctuate. Now, for the top 25, it does depend on how many can you sign by December and yeah. then by February oh, as yeah. well. Um, so that's going to be interesting to see. Can we hold these recruits through the summer, through the season? Um, yeah. And I think what really helps is doing well during the season yeah. to keep these recruits. Uh, Rutgers is at 39th, 15 commitments, all 15 are three-stars. Um Florida State, out of the three major Florida schools, come in. They come in at 42nd with 10 commits, five, five, five four stars. Ooh, I wish I had five, five stars. No, that would be great. <laughs> five, four stars and four, three stars. It's, and, and, and as Owen was saying, everything is subject to change here. So we're just kind of giving a, a play by play as we're seeing it. Um, like, like we said, top five Ohio State, Notre Dame, Penn State, and Clemson and Texas as it stands right now um, that is very very likely to change because as Owen was saying stuff happens recruits change uh, their minds on a whim and then also star rankings change as well so exactly they may have a great senior year and that bumps them up to a to a from a three starter four, three to a four or, or a four, four to a five, five. Yeah. or they have a really bad year and that bumps a four to a three or a five to a four you never yeah. know so it's going to be interesting the fall is really going to be is going to be really telling for these teams um, and for these players as well so that'll be nice now that's recruiting wrapping up recruiting uh, moving on to transfer portal which is going to be very interesting. Um, do you want to do the rankings? I don't care if we do the rankings or not. I just have uh, some notes written down about a few we can teams. Probably skip the trans or the uh, the rankings part of it. Okay. Um, just for sake of time. Cool. Um, so starting off at transfer portal, um, I'm I am going to give the rank, but we're not going to go in yeah, order. Absolutely. So starting off, some th- somebody I think we need to really keep an eye on in the SEC East, South mm-hmm. Carolina, the Gamecocks coming in at number nine in the transfer portal. Uh, they picked up Spencer Rattler from Oklahoma, mm-hmm. quarterback. Uh, an auto, uh, Antoine Wales from JMU, another wide, a mm-hmm. wide receiver. Corey Rucker from Arkansas State, another wide receiver. Austin Stogner from Oklahoma, another Oklahoma transfer tie, from tight end. And then uh, Devonnie Reed from Central Michigan. He's a safety. So they line up in the backfield as well. Um, or not in the, I'm sorry, not in the backfield, in the secondary mm-hmm. um, out there on defense. South Carolina, they went 7-5, and five, beating uh, UNC in the Dukes Mayo Bowl um, under first-year head coach uh, Shane Beamer. They got Beamer ball down there in South Carolina. <laughs> yeah. We um, saw how well that worked. <laughs> well, but his first year in the SEC East, yeah. he had to go through Georgia. Now, uh, Tennessee and Kentucky were on the uprise. You also had, I mean, I say Vanderbilt, but Vanderbilt was a win. Um, you, you had to go through Missouri. Missouri was in and out, you know. Um, Florida was on a down year. 
But it's going to be interesting to see how South Carolina, especially with Spencer Rattler, from what we saw in the spring game, Spencer Rattler's looked more mature in his decision-making. Mm-hmm. He wasn't going to be like, you know, screw it, I'm chucking it type of deal. He yeah. was more reliable with the football and making short passes. You know, Spencer Rattler at Oklahoma had a tendency to either chuck it deep or try to run it with his football, or run, try to run it with his legs. So it'll be interesting to see if that quarterback if that quarterback room can change um, Caleb Williams and the fact that it makes him a little bit more mature. Uh, I think he'll be the starter more than likely down there. Um, Probably. He, yeah. He's a good quarterback. I just think he ran into some rough times at Oklahoma. I don't think the coaching staff – or the offensive coordinator was utilizing him to the best of his ability at Oklahoma, which is hard to say. Mm -hmm. But I also think that he wasn't in a secure position at Oklahoma, and I think that that definitely killed his his confidence. And if if you're a quarterback, confidence is key. Like, you have to know, hey, I've got confidence in my coaching staff. They're going to give me the best available game plan. And you also have to have confidence in yourself making those big plays like how he likes to. Exactly. So you just kind of – the confidence is key, like Cole said, with quarterback. So that will be interesting. Where do you see South Carolina being this year in the SEC East? I don't see them winning it. I think they're going to be probably third or fourth. Third or fourth, okay. Yeah, they're definitely going to make a leap. But I don't. I can't see them winning the SEC East. At I don't. All. I don't see them winning the SEC East. To be honest, I don't see anybody else but Georgia winning the SEC East. Yeah, Georgia's going to have a lock on the on the eastern half of it now, for the I next think, two or three years at least. Mm, I think they're coming down mm-hmm. because they're losing so much of their team in the draft every single year, especially that top notch defense yeah. with uh, with them losing their end. Uh, their nose tackle, and then uh, their middle linebacker as well in the draft. So that's going to be a hard hole to fill for them. Um, But looking at the transfer portal a little bit with USC and Lincoln Riley going Mm -hmm. to there, um, that's definitely going to be interesting to see how – if USC is going to bounce back this year or next year. Yeah, A bounce back is going to happen because they were basically in the dump last year i think that's fair to say oh absolutely well you fire your coach after it's after a second game you know so i just for what's usc ranked in the transfer portal number Number one one. Mm -hmm. they have 20 commits with two five stars five fours and 12 threes exactly so and they loved this they stole jordan addison for Pitt, so which was really nice a blitnikoff (laughs) forward winner um which me as a west virginia fan makes me feel really confident for the backyard brawl in september one but um, but back to USC, you know, Lincoln Riley really picked up, really brought a lot to USC. He brought Caleb Williams. He got Jordan Addison. Um, he got Mario Williams. So there's, offensive-wise, he really. Oh, he stacked. He stacked it. Um, it's going to be interesting. He brought, um, the name escapes me, uh, Alex Grimes, I think. Is yeah, 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 Grimes. For the defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. So we're going to see how their defense goes. Um they are losing our so Elijah Winston, uh, I think they're right outside linebacker. Uh he has entered the transfer portal. He has updated or it hasn't updated since May, uh May third. But as of May third, there is a four star from USC in the transfer portal. Okay. So we'll we'll see how that shakes out, but Well, and I think it's a lot of it is 
hey, I, you know, you get a new coaching regime in yeah. there, and it's pushing players out and pulling players in yeah. to fit your your and a- absolutely, style. You, you do the exact same thing in any position. So we'll see how that shakes out. USC is definitely going to be a team to watch uh, next year because as much as they're pushing on the transfer portal. It's going to be interesting. It's also going to be interesting, too, because a lot of Pac-12 teams said for their USC and UCLA games, they either will not play them or they're not going to schedule them. So it's going to be interesting to see on if USC and U- how USC and UCLA do. Do they? Is there a possibility that uh, the Pac-12 may, forces these teams? I think the rest of these teams are going to be able to play, or they're going to play USC and UCLA. Um, I think they're just really bad, or really bad, really mad right now. (laughs) They just suck. I mean, here's the thing. Most of those Pac-12 teams are a little rough. Yeah, well. um, (laughs) It's not the 80s It's not the 80s, nope. Um, Or the early 2000s. Yeah, I was about to say. Um, Pete Carroll. Yep. So it'll be interesting to see how those things develop in the Pac-12. Uh, moving on to the rank number two, the Ole Miss Rebels. Uh, speaking of USC, they get five-star yep. Jackson Dart out yep. of USC for a quarterback. Um, who's the other guy that they get um, to replace for Ole Miss? Yes. Who was the sec- who was the star or the second string that played for uh, that played for them against Baylor in the sh- uh, sh- not Sugar Bowl? Uh, Maybe are you talking about the, the linebacker. No, no, the quarterback. The quarterback who played for them. I can't remember his name. Altmeyer? Yes, yes, that's the one. Okay, thank you, Altmeyer. Luke Altmeyer. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how Jackson Dart versus Luke Altmeyer. Now, Luke Altmeyer is a good quarterback there yeah. at Ole, uh, Ole Miss. He had big shoes to fill after Matt Corral um, got hurt in the Sugar uh, Gosh, it was a Sugar Bowl, Peach Bowl. It was one of the New Year Six Bowls. Um, so, yeah. But then they also get a stud running back in Zach Evans from TCU. Mm-hmm. Um so, Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin down there was really piling up on offense. Um, they also add four four-stars on the defense. So, they stack up on defense as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, they're going to give – the SEC West is looking rather competitive this year. Uh, LSU may be on the rise. You have Texas A&M, who should be on the rise after that number one recor- recruiting class. Obviously, you have Auburn – Excuse me. Auburn's going to be the lowly one down there. You have Arkansas, who's going to have a rough time. I'm going to give several teams a run for their money. Uh, Ole Miss and then Alabama. But I think Auburn and Mississippi State are going to be, kind of be the low, the low, low man, hanging fruit, low yeah. hanging fruit down there in the SEC West. Well, and you also have to realize Alabama. I, I know we said we weren't going into rankings as much. Alabama ranks sixth in the transfer portal. Okay. Um, so skipping a few teams, uh, mm-hmm. but Alabama ranks sixth with five commits, two fives, and three fours. Um, so Saban's really not utilizing the transfer portal to what he needs to do, but he still landed two five stars. He, he he's landed a lot out of the yeah. transfer portal for Alabama, um, but he's also recruited really well too. Yeah. So even though he didn't, even though he got those two, he's still stacked. Yeah. Oh, regardless. Yeah. Well, a- Alabama, regardless, is going to be Alabama. Yeah. Like, well, and that's just their history. Bear Bryant brought them to that. Yeah. And, you know, so it's it's Alabama's going to be Alabama. Um, but moving on, we got Michigan State. The Spartans ranked number sixteenth in the transfer portal. They had two running backs to play re- to replace Kenneth Walker. They get mm-hmm. Jalen Berger from Wisconsin. Uh, described more as a, like a ground and pound type of guy. He's going to go run downhill for you and uh, more fullback style, I guess you could say. 
Um, and then you get uh, Jarek uh, Broussard. Uh, yeah, Jarek Broussard from Colorado. Um, he seems much more agile, willing to go east to west, um, very side to side. He's going to um, give Michigan State a little bit more of an option of breaking tackles and uh, running around the tackles, things like that. So Michigan State uh, is officially losing two inside O-linemen. Oh, interesting. In uh, James Ohanba and Jacob Isaiah. Um, sorry if I'm mispronouncing the names. <laughs> I'm sure they're listening. Uh, why wouldn't you? Um, and they also have one, two, three, four of their uh, starters on Transfer Portal for next season. Um, just because they're in the transfer portal doesn't necessarily mean they're losing them. Um, exact like uh, Donovan Eaglin and uh, oh, sorry, no, Ben Van Summeren, uh, their inside linebacker. He entered the transfer portal and then recommitted to Michigan State. So, just because those are toss-ups right now, um, we could be looking at a very competitive Michigan State team next year, or we could be looking at a Michigan State team who's a little depleted on the defensive side of the ball. It's going to be interesting how they bounce back from having Kenneth Walker on the yeah on the back of the um, <clears throat> uh, this year for Michigan State. Uh, moving on, Nebraska, the Cornhuskers. That's right? surprising yes. to me. Ranked number seven, Scott Frost there in his fifth year. He's got to win after having a 3-9 and nine game mm-hmm. last year. Now, if they flip those, get a lot of those one-score games, I think they only, they only go maybe 10-2. and two. Um, There's a lot of games in there they, they should have won. They were in a close close game. You know, they, had, they took Oklahoma right down to the wire. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they played Ohio State really well, as well too. So, yeah. it's – Going to be interesting um, to see what Scott Frost does. I think after this year, if he's not any good, no, you're going to have to they, get him. They need to let him go. Um, they get Casey Thompson from Texas, uh, but they also get Chubba, Bert, uh, Chubba Purdy from Florida State. Love that name. Who's going to be the quarterback for Nebraska? Um, my personal opinion, I think it's going to be Casey Thompson. See, I think it's going to be Purdy. I think he fits into Scott Frost's coaching philosophy a little bit better. Um, we'll see. But we're definitely going to be keeping an eye on Nebraska, well, especially early on in the season, like week two, week three. Hopefully they'll have their quarterback situation figured out. Um, but I, in my person, I think Purdy throws a better ball. Well, I think for for Casey Thompson, he's more dual threat a little bit. Yeah. Um, but also, too, he was probably the main starter there for Texas. Now, the issue for Texas is they had no idea who their quarterback was going to be throughout the entire year. Um so I think yeah, that it varied game to game. It basically. varied game to game to game. Um, it you know varied during the West Virginia game. They had to pull. I think they pulled Casey out and put the backup in. Put the back pulled the backup out. Put Casey back in. It was a very it, it, Steve Sarkeesian had a tough time naming his quarterback. Um, but then on the defensive side, they get O'Shawn Mathis from TCU D lineman. So side note, while we're I I, I hate talking about Texas. I really do. <laughs> yes, I know. Um, what about uh, Quinn Ewers? Quinn Ewers out of Ohio State. Yeah. Um, you know, everybody talks about how good he is, but I haven't seen him played. I don't. I don't know what to expect of him. I'm expecting good things, but he hasn't played a snap of college football. I mean, he's number two overall on the transfer portal. Texas landed him. Yes. Uh, he is committed to Texas. Yeah, so, no, he, he played in the spring game. He played yeah. good in the spring game. He played, I think he's – I'm pretty sure he's enrolled, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, oh, he's he already enrolled. Be. He should be. 
Um, but that that's going to be an interesting scenario, especially with uh, Ewers and Manning mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Uh, could be more of the same from Sarkeesian. He could have a hard time uh, picking what quarterback he truly wants there. I yeah. mean, that hurt them last year bad. Yeah. I think I think it'll be Quinn Ewers eventually. If he if he stays healthy and he does he does really well and he plays like he's supposed to, I think it'll it'll be down it'll come to Ewers. Now we'll see once fall camp gets here. Yeah. Um but yeah. Uh and Oklahoma too. Oklahoma where does Oklahoma rank in the transfer portal? Oklahoma ranks fourth in the transfer portal. How many do they have? Uh Oklahoma has four four stars and ten three stars. Okay. Uh, and that one of those four stars is Dylan Gabriel. Mm-hmm. Now, everybody's really high on Dylan Gabriel. They're saying that he is the best quarterback in the Big 12. I don't know about that. I don't think so. Because you have JT Daniels at West Virginia, so and we'll get to that as well. But And, and I'm not saying Dylan Gabriel is a bad quarterback. No, he, he certainly is a good quarterback. UCF beat Florida last year in the bowl game. Mm-hmm. I think Dylan Gabriel is, is, a, is a good quarterback. However, Oklahoma's going to have a lot of questions this year. They have a ton of turnover. I don't yeah. see them winning the Big 12. I see them maybe going 9-3. and three. Um, Again, they're Oklahoma. They're not going to take a major step back, but 9-3 and three is a is – a, Is a big step back for Oklahoma. For Oklahoma. Yeah. Um, last year was a big step back for Oklahoma for not even making the championship game. Well, and also they had a lot of controversy going on with Lincoln Riley announcing suddenly mm-hmm. – um, almost immediately after their bowl that he was going to USC. Well, it's, it was after Bedlam, after the Bedlam yeah, game. Oh, yeah, no, excuse me, the after day, the Bedlam game. Yeah, the day after the Bedlam game, um, Lincoln Riley announces that he's going to UCLA, USC. U, U, yeah, yeah, something, yeah. The, one of the L.A. schools. He goes to USC. One of the unimportant ones. Yes, <laughs> he goes to USC. However, Brent Venables, yeah. Brent Venables come in. Yeah. He... Runs a great defense. I mean, that Clemson defense was great. That kept them in a lot of games last year and had and allowed them to win. Now, um, they also bring in Jeff Levy yeah. f- from Ole Miss as the offensive coordinator. So that's a big boost as well. So I I expect to see Oklahoma's defense take a little bit of a step forward this year, and I expect their offense to take a, a step back. I'm 100% in agreement with you. Um, nine and three, I think, uh, and I think one of those losses comes – from West Virginia. I think they come into Morgantown. Um, I think it comes from West Virginia. West Virginia's got a lot, lot less questions than Oklahoma does this year. Um, now, that I could be wrong, and I know there's a lot of people rolling their eyes going, absolutely not, no way. But you never know. I feel confident. I feel very high and confident on my Mountaineers this year. But before we get to my Mountaineers, we're going to go to the number three team in the transfer portal transfer portal rankings and it's the LSU Tigers. <sighs> O'Brien Kelly from the South. <laughs> Go Tigers. <laughs> um yeah, that that southern accent really comes and goes with Brian Kelly. What doesn't come and go, however, is the transfer portal. Brian Kelly has worked his rear end off to try and get us the best possible recruiting class and transfer class. Um, I don't think people say transfer class. I don't know what they call people coming from the transfer portal. It's transfer class. It's transfer class. Okay. Um, Brian Kelly has worked his rear end off trying to get us the best possible class that fits his system. Uh, Notable Jaden Daniels out of Arizona. Um, I think he's going to do great things while he's here. Um, He's already committed. He hasn't enrolled yet. 
but he still has three years of eligibility. I think he's a great uh, Notre Dame-style quarterback. Brian Kelly should be used to working with a young man like Jaden Daniels. Uh, other notable names, Jarek Bernard out of uh, OSU, coming to LSU. Uh, great cornerback, great defensive back. We'll see how he shakes out, um, especially with Stingley leaving in the draft. Uh, Makai Wingo, inside D lineman. Um, I think he registered like 14 and a half sacks for Mizu last year. Um, he should be definitely very good. Um, and then the last one I want to touch on, uh, West Weeks. Um, he is just a pure athlete out of UVA. Uh, we gained him. I think Kelly made an announcement after the spring game that he was going to be our designated kick returner. So we'll see. Nice, nice. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see. Now, when people say that Brian Kelly doesn't fit LSU. Oh, 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 no. Excuse me. Excuse me. Breaking news earlier on today. <laughs> um, we also got uh, Sonny Fanua back, um, inside linebacker. Uh, he said that he we were going to lose him to the transfer portal, and he said that he was going to recommit. So... We'll see on that one. Uh, he's a four-star prospect out of Hawaii. Um, he didn't really play a whole lot for us last year, but hopefully we can kind of emulate the uh, Manti Teo connection that Brian Kelly had back when he was at Notre Dame. Sorry for cutting no, you, know, you you're off. Fine. Excuse me. No, you're fine. Um, but what I was saying about Brian Kelly is I think they mean he doesn't fit culturally. Maybe not scheme-wise. Oh, yeah. But I think it's more culturally oh, that he absolutely. doesn't fit. Absolutely. Um, but we'll see. I think he's going to give Saban a run for his money eventually. Um, he already, I mean, he didn't at Notre Dame, but you got to remember, too, at Notre Dame, you get a different type of athlete yeah. than what you do at LSU. Um, and that's not nothing. That's, that's not a knock against Notre Dame, but. No, it's not, it was not a knock against LSU, is what I'm saying, is Notre Dame gets. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> Notre Dame is no, Notre Dame. No, I, is, I I understand. Okay, I was yeah. going to say it's not a knock against Notre Dame. That's not who I was going for. <laughs> That's not who I was going no, for. No, I I understand completely. <laughs> Um, LSU lives up to his reputation. That's that's all I'm going to say. Well, Brian Kelly must be enjoying himself down there because that's what it appears like. <laughs> must be eating all them crawdads. <laughs> Gosh. Uh, and then finally, ranked number 32nd in the transfer portal. That's my West Virginia Mountaineers there. Uh, now, here's the thing. I think the reason we've lo- we ranked number 32nd is because we lost a ton. Now, however, after you know Big 12 media days, uh, Neil Brown, head coach at West Virginia, has said there are a lot of we there are a lot of players they brought in in order to fit their team. Um, they said uh, you know they brought in Graham Harrell from USC, who was a mm-hmm. big big time hire, uh, which ultimately led to JT Daniels getting to West Virginia. Um, but my question is, though, what have we really lost in the transfer portal? There was a lot of guys who we lost that just went to group of five schools. Are they still in the transfer portal? They haven't found a team yet. Yeah, now, John Hughes, Wesley McCormick, no, Wesley McCormick did sign, uh, mm-hmm. Ja'Cory Hammett, and uh, Lynn J. Dixon. Lynn J. Dixon was one. He Was he even really on the team? We got him from Clemson because he had some locker room issues, um, some things that just didn't fly in the locker room. He comes to West Virginia. He then gets into a disciplinary action, and that's why he was asked to leave the team. You did lose uh, Akeem Mesador. Yes. we That, lost, that one hurt. Yes, Akeem Mesador and Ty, uh, 
Tyke Smith was mm-hmm. were major losses. Um, Akeem Mesidor was on the defensive line, which is a strong point for us. Uh, I think Jordan Jefferson will be good, will be uh, good, but he's not going to be better than Akeem Mesidor. That was a monster at uh, defensive line. Oh dang, y'all lost Jarrett Daigie. Oh, so sad. Yeah, Western <laughs> Kentucky. Um, but <laughs> but that is that is an interesting tidbit though. We now have four quality quarterbacks in that quarterback room with uh, Garrett Green, Nico Marchio, uh, Will Crowder, Goose, and JT Daniels. Now, do I think JT Daniels is the runaway starter? Absolutely. However, that was my question. Yeah, but yeah, absolutely. I think JT Daniels, as long as he's healthy, is the runaway starter. I agree with you. Um, he's listed as a three star in the transfer portal, but. I think that's just because from injuries. He, he had a rough season he, last year too. Well, he didn't have a rough season. He was seven. He was seven and zero as a starter for Georgia, and mm-hmm. he had 10, 11 touchdowns for two interceptions. I think so. Yeah. Um. So like he he's. Not, I mean, Georgia's more run heavy anyway, so it's kind of hard to judge. Yeah. Based off of that. But I think, uh, and he, and that's why we, that's why he came to West Virginia was because of Graham Harold. He, uh, he was familiar with the offense. He liked that offense, and he didn't do too bad at USC either. He pretty much was a high school senior, his first year at USC. He yeah. was early, um, he was early enrollment. Uh, so yeah, I think that West Virginia is going to be a lot better this year. Now the media has us at five and a half wins. Um, I don't see us. Get, uh, we're definitely no. getting five wins over five wins. I think our basement this year is eight and four. Um, if JT Daniels stays healthy, I really hope he is. Uh, really hope he will be. Um, I think we can be great. Um, maybe even ten and two. Who knows? Uh, but big time game against Backyard Brawl. Now, uh, Neil Brown did say at Big Twelve Media Days during his press conference, we added thirty three players to the tra- back into our team, which was really comforting to me knowing that they added 33 players because we lost just about as much, if not more, in the transfer portal. So hearing that he got over 30 players on the team is really, really great and mm-hmm. it's really comforting as a Mountaineer fan. Um, but, you know, for going back to the quarterback battle, you know, Neil Brown said at Media Days that – or they released the depth chart, and the depth chart said Garrett Green or Will Crowder or Nico Marchio, or JT Daniels. Now, the medias went off, and they were like, well, it's going to be a long season for the Mountaineers if they can't, if they don't already have their quarterback placed. Yeah. But here's the thing. In the summertime, why would you Why would you have a, your quarterback named? Um, you know, Neil Brown said he's got – JT's got to go out and earn his spot, which is okay, If Neil, it, which I think is okay. Personally, if you don't want to name the quarterback up until he takes the first snap against Pitt, that's fine with me because then yeah. Pitt has to prepare for all four quarterbacks. Exactly. More than likely, it's going to be JT Daniels. I think that. More than likely, but I'm in complete and total agreement with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that a lot of it has to do with you know keeping your opponents on your toes or keeping who you're scheduled with are scheduled against on your toes. Excuse mm-hmm. me. And then also, who has the hot hand? Exactly. Because, I mean, with that level of talent in the West Virginia quarterback room, mm-hmm. you also you, you, you want to name a starter and give your starting guy as much confidence as he needs. Mm-hmm. But you also have to see who's performing in training camp, who's doing this, who's doing that. There could still be a toss-up, but I, it wouldn't surprise me if 
the starter was named as he was going out to the field for first snap. I hope it doesn't come to that, Mm -hmm. and I hope they're able to clear up and give the starting job to JT Daniels, which, as you said, is what's most likely to happen. Yeah. Um, but but we'll see on that one. Well, and I think, too, it's not so much as we don't know who the starter's going to be. I think the coaches definitely know who the starter's going to oh, be. Oh, yeah, for sure. I and think they're just about, being cagey about it. About, about the time that, that, that kickoff comes around, they know who the starter's going to be. And they'll probably, more than likely, I feel I think they'll name the starter uh, the week before the pit game. Probably. Um, in preparation for pit. Now, the reason I don't, uh, another reason I think they don't name their starting quarterback now is because. If the starter does get hurt, then this backup and maybe even the third string, they're all getting first string reps um, during fall camp. So they're getting a lot of reps and they're getting really prepared to play play for the season. So that, that also could be a thought as well. Um, but, you know, we added much needed depth on the defensive side. Now safety is going to be – or I'm sorry, the secondary safety position as well. The secondary – is really really young. Lacks it lacks a lot a lot of um, trying to think here uh, knowledge or what's the word they always use experience experience. They lack a, a a lot of experience on that end of the football. Now they're super athletic. One of the, Jordan Leslie and Neil Brown both come out and said, "Hey, this is the most athletic secondary we've had here at West Virginia." Uh, Neil Brown has even said that this is the probably the best defense he's had since at West Virginia, which is great because we've had nothing but great defenses since he's been here. Um, offense, I'm looking for major improvement. Uh, Lynn J. Dixon was a big pickup. I was really excited to see him. However, I think because of disciplinary issues, it just didn't work out. Um, is his career done in football? Who knows? He's got to clean up a lot of things. Uh, Lee Kogba is somebody we brought in as middle linebacker who's going to fit in great. They've been super, super impressed with him. He he played exceptionally well in the spring game. So it, it's going to be exciting to see him. Uh, defense, again, is going to be a big, bright spot. Uh, just what's the offense going to look like with Graham Harrell and JT Daniels there? Um, kind of previewing LSU for a second. Yeah, go ahead. Um, we do have uh, my Heisman favorite for next year, uh, Miles Brennan. Oh, that that that, that is yeah. what I wanted to ask you about, though. Is it a three horse race at LSU for quarterback? I think it's two horse race. You think it's two horse race? I don't think Newsmeyer is. Um, I not that he's not good enough, but he is still a redshirt freshman. Okay. Um. I think that Miles Brennan has the starting job on lock, being that he's a sixth-year senior. Yeah, that's uh, a lot of experience, though. Yeah, he hasn't played since early 2020 uh, because of injuries, and he did enter the transfer portal. Uh, but he was talked back by Brian Kelly. Um, as I mentioned earlier, talking about the transfer portal, we did get Jaden Daniels um, transferred in a few weeks before spring practice. But I, I honestly think the job is Miles Brennan's. How did they perform in the spring? I didn't get a chance to watch the LSU spring game. How did Miles Brennan and Jane Daniels perform in the spring game? Uh, I think Miles Brennan put up like right at 150. Okay. Um, and then he was pulled for uh, Jaden Daniels. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so not, not too bad. Mm-hmm. I think he did a good job. I think he actually did throw a touchdown to boot. Um, Got to love him, Kayshawn Boot. The return of Boot. Um, He did – no, he didn't throw a touchdown to Boot. Boot missed the game because of an injury. Um, 
our midseason ankle injury. So hopefully LSU will be retooled on the offensive end because we're getting boot back. We're getting Miles Brennan back. I still think Miles Brennan is the Heisman favorite. Um, that Again, that's just me being an LSU fan. Whoever is LSU's quarterback, I'm going to say, unless it's a clear-cut race, um, whoever's LSU quarterback is going to be my Heisman favorite. I think probably. JT Daniels, if he stays healthy, exactly. could, could also yeah, earn exactly. Heisman hype. Um, like I said, we're still getting Jaden Daniels. Uh, I think we're losing – no, we're, we still have Cameron Wire. I think our biggest problem is going to be our offensive line on okay. the offensive side of the ball just because we don't have a clear-cut center – and we don't have a clear-cut tight end. Mm-hmm. but And Kelly said as much going into fall practice that tight end is a position of concern for us. So unless we land someone in the transfer portal here in the next couple days, yeah. really, because that's wrapping up here shortly, um, that's going to be our downfall on the offensive side. Moving to the defensive side, we got Matt House as our linebackers coach, former uh, Kansas City Chiefs linebacking coach. Nice, nice. And then we also have uh, B.J. Ujallery. Uh, got seven sacks in 2021 playing as a linebacker. Um, I'm not worried about our defensive front. I'm not worried about our linebacking core. I'm worried about our secondary. Secondary is going to be um, unproven to say the least. Besides Jay Ward and Major Burns, our two safeties, our DBs are basically coming from the transfer portal. <laughs> um, I, I hate to say that, but we're losing, we're losing so many of our people to the transfer portal, especially from that secondary, that it's going to be interesting. Mm. And I'm kind of wondering if we're going to be running a 4-3 or a 3-4 um, yeah. at this point. I know in our spring game we ran a lot of 3-4. Mm-hmm. I'm not a huge fan of 3-4. I like a little bit more pressure on the quarterback, so that'll be interesting to say the least. I think me and you have the same like defensive philosophy and the fact that we both enjoy the 4-3 much more than we do do the 3-4. Now, West Virginia runs a 3 uh a 3-3 three, three, no, a 3 yeah, 3-3-5, three, three, mm-hmm. um which I'm not a I'm not a big fan of, but it's because we've had really stout linebackers and we've had really stout uh defensive line. Historically, we're a 4-3 school. Just historically, I think we're a 3-3-5, three, three, which is just something that we've went along yeah. with, but I enjoyed I I personally like 4-3 much oh, better. Yeah. No, I agree um, with you. But the, you know, it's funny that you say that your O-line is a question for LSU because that's a strength that West Virginia has. All five offensive linemen return to West Virginia. All five. I hate you. And they all have like a lot of eligibility left. I think the uh, the oldest one on there is Doug Nestor. He transferred from uh, Virginia Tech last year, uh, and I think he's a redshirt junior. So there, we have a lot of we're getting a lot more experience. Uh, Wyatt Milam, who was an All American, they moved him from I want to say right tackle back to or. Oh gosh, I can't remember. I think he Who was, was it? Wyatt Milam. He either he went from right tackle to left guard. I think. Well, see, that's that's what I'm thinking too. But I can't remember if he went from left guard to right tackle. But anyways, him and Brandon Yates were playing out of position because they had to um, due to some depth issues and mm-hmm. things like that. Uh, 
and it didn't go that well this year. But Brandon Yates and Wyatt Milam have now switched, and which will help Wyatt Milam is back playing the position that he always knew, um, and Brandon Yates goes back to a more comfortable position that he plays as well. So it's going to be interesting. I'm really excited. The offensive line should be better. Uh, Tony Mathis Jr. is mm-hmm. coming He's back. He's an absolute monster. Yes. Um, so I'm super excited about him. Like I said, JT Daniels really pumped. He can if he can stay healthy, that would be awesome. Um, and if and if he can't, that's okay. I think West Virginia also has a great rehab facility uh, mm-hmm. within our locker room. Within I think the, y'all are ranked like top five in the nation for rehab. Well, we just put fifty five million dollars into renovating our thing. And see, we put fifty five million dollars into a new locker room. Yeah, <laughs> well, see, that's what. But it, that that yeah. included our locker oh, yeah. room and our athletics in general so it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see um i'm excited for this it's let's let's go it's like i think 47 days yeah. away right out yeah. um and then about between it's about two weeks out from fall camp um so i'm excited owen mm-hmm. i got a question for you yeah who's uh west virginia open the season against <laughs> sweet caroline eat uh, pit. <laughs> we have to be family friendly. We have to be friendly, fr- uh, friendly, friendly. We have to be, be family, family friendly, friendly here on the um, But yes, uh, we play uh, the West Virginia team to the north. Uh, they are no longer called <laughs> Heinz Field. Uh, they actually renamed it. Did you know this? It's uh, Mountaineer Field, uh, second Mountaineer Field up there. Now. Second Mountaineer Field. Yeah. Jesus. Um, so yeah. Uh, I'm excited for that game. Um, uh, oh yeah! Also, big news too. Uh, I got. I'm getting to go to the Virginia Tech and West Virginia game this year Heck at, yeah. out in Blacksburg. Heck yeah! Wish it was awesome. in Morgantown, but hey, same deal. Same deal. Yeah. I, here's the thing. I'm expecting um, a lot of fans for for both the Pitt game and the Virginia Tech game because of how regional they are. Um, Pitt has a hard time selling out their stadium on a normal time. You know, they're ACC champs and still had a no- hard time. Selling out their stadium, so I'm expecting you know uh, the West Virginia side for the pit. The West Virginia tickets, you know how they sell the visitor tickets for the away team or whatever. They sold out completely in the West Virginia tickets. West Virginia fans are now going and buying pit tickets um, to sit in pit sections. So, from what I understand, I'm get from what I'm hearing, I'm expecting between thirty five thousand and forty five thousand West Virginia fans at a sixty five thousand capacity stadium out there in uh Heinz Field, uh which is no longer Heinz Field, again, second Mountaineer Field because it got renamed. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh so yeah, I'm I'm excited for, for this game. I don't know how many uh West Virginia fans are gonna be at the tech game. That one's gonna be a little bit more hard because even on a bad year Virginia oh, Tech yeah. sells out Lane Stadium. Um, which is one thing I like about playing Virginia Tech is because they're just as passionate as West Virginia yeah. fans are. It's it's definitely a different atmosphere anytime you go into Blacksburg or Morgantown. Yep. So that's going to be... Or Baton Rouge. Or Baton Rouge. Or Baton Rouge. Hey, look, at Baton Rouge, I don't want to go play in Baton Rouge. No one ever wants to come play in Baton Especially Rouge. Especially on a night game. Absolutely. Oh, my God. I want to go to one not. so bad. Absolutely. I don't want West Virginia playing in Baton Rouge on a night game. Absolutely not. That stadium is wild it's insane yeah i i want to go so bad um west virginia's got several night games this year uh it's prime time thursday night for Pitt. uh prime time thursday night for virginia tech uh got an evening game versus kansas at home and then townsend is like a two o'clock game uh baylor is another (laughs) bless you Um, thank you (laughs) 
Uh, Baylor's another Thursday uh, Thursday night game. I think so. Um, which goes back to the old Big East days. West Virginia mm-hmm. used to play a ton of Thursday night games. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be, uh, I think this is West Virginia's year to make a make a run for the Big 12 title. Um, I don't know about national championship, but Big 12 title, I, I definitely see it being doable. Uh, we open the season against Florida State. That should be a dub. I think that should be I, a win. I'm not going to say anything. I personally right think now, it should be a win. But yeah, I also agree with you. <laughs> um, September 4th at 7.30 p.m., Starting out, I think we're in our white uniforms. Uh, oh, nice. Starting out, yeah. Oh, speaking of uniforms, have you seen West Virginia's <sighs> uniforms? They're really nice. I like them. Okay, I like them. I don't hate them. Okay, well, I love them, and I don't care what you think because they're great. That's fair. Um, they don't beat our purple and gold with white yes, helmets. Yes, they do. They no, most they certainly don't. do. They most certainly purple and gold white helmets. Come on. Okay, well, ours are purple and white with white helmets. This is ours is very much a throwback to the to the '90s uniforms. Um, they're I say they're all white, but they have blue shoulder pads, and within the numbers and anywhere that's got blue on this uniform has the country roads labeled all the way to Morgantown. That's cool. All throughout the state, the country roads that take you home. Um, something I really love, and I see a lot of like Midwest teams do this, is they have West Virginia right above the numbers, right there on the chest. Um, I love that. Um, the white helmets with the blue blue and gold stripe down the middle of it with the, the outline of the state with the flying WV in it. I love it. Love those uniforms. I hope we wear them more than one time. These are the Country Roads editions, and it's suitable for the pit game. But a lot of people expressed interest. We don't. I, I just hope these are not the last time we see these uniforms. They're oh, great yeah. uniforms. Um, it's very similar to our purple and white. Mm-hmm. Um, our, granted, our white and yellow are uh, home classics. Yeah, they're hard to beat. For in my yeah. opinion, there's well, yeah. just the right amount of purple in them. <laughs> I love the redesign they did in 2019, um, and especially with that being our national championship year. It it just it makes it so much better. <laughs> College football's here, man. I'm College excited. College football is here. We are within forty or a little bit outside of forty days. Yep. I'm so freaking excited. Yep. Uh, speaking of openers, Farum has a Thursday night opener against UVA Wise off also prime time. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'll be interesting to see how Farum at UVA Wise. Yep. Uh, the home opener is against Musk and Gum. <laughs> Um, Saturday, September 10th, 1 p.m. Mm-hmm. If you're in the area, please check it out. Should be uh, should be a good game. Uh, definitely going to kick off this year correctly for Ferrum. Yep. So, um, but for that, hey, go Mountaineers. It's it's football season, baby. <coughs> <coughs> Got to work out the phlegm. There you go. <coughs> go Tigers. Go Tigers. <laughs> go Tigers. <laughs> Oh, oh, sorry, yes. no. Go Tigers. <laughs> yes, because of Brian Kelly, yes. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I'm excited. Football season's here. Mm-hmm. Um, but for that, this has been the part two of the summer special edition here on the Panther Pod. I'm Owen Spelling. My name's Cole Connor. And we hope to see you soon. College football is back, baby. We're back! Woo!